Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Amen, amen, amen. Well, for that being said, as today is No Serve Sunday, that means that there is just an opportunity for us to come together. But in regards to that, we said that there might be some children that are... uh, uh, a little bit uh, noisy. And so again, it goes to make the point of how valuable that people are that serve. Can I get a big, Amen. can I get a big hallelujah? <laughs> My little boy, when we say goodnight or when we say our prayers, I'll say amen. And he'll say amen and praise the Lord. And so I don't know where he got that from, but he just, he's very enthusiastic when it comes to praising the Lord. But you know, when it comes to this whole idea or just really looking at what it is that we're doing. And as we're moving forward into this season that we're in, drawing closer with God. We said that Easter's coming up in just a matter of a couple of weeks where people's hearts are really being drawn towards God. Where people are feeling the nudge and feeling the pull and saying, I believe that I need to go to church. And obviously you've been inviting people. And so therefore they're saying, maybe this is the time that I'll come. And so therefore as we see on a day such as this, a no-serve Sunday where nobody's serving, it makes the point of how valuable and how needed it is for people to serve, right? Because you realize that there are people that are coming and we want to be able to serve them well, to love on them, to make them feel at home, make them feel welcome, make them feel as though they would like to be a part of this church, right? And so what it really emphasizes is just how important just one single person is. Are you tracking with me? I said it really goes to show and emphasize the importance of what one single person adds to the value of this church. When they just say, I'll take my place and I'll play my part and I'll serve where God has placed me and what God can use me in. And so as I began to really think about this service and just really search my heart as to what God would want me to deliver this morning, these words kept rolling around over in my spirit. It's these words, the power of one. The power of one. And once again, how significant one person can be. How much of an impact, how much of a difference one person can make. And so as I began to ponder that idea as to how significant just one person would be or the power of one, I began to realize that the Bible, that history, that our lives have all been impacted by the power of one. So let me just for a moment share some examples of the power of one. We shared last week just a little bit in regards to worshiping God and drawing close. And if you remember the example that we talked about Lucifer, how he was in heaven, right? He was one individual that was very selfish and wanted attention drawn to him. 
And we see that as a result of the power of one, he had the ability to cause one-third of heaven to rebel against God. Did you hear me? One, the power of one, had, had the, the power and the ability to cause one-third of heaven to rebel against God. And then he was sentenced to be removed from, from heaven and sent to earth. And as a result, the power of one had the ability to rob humanity of life and knowing God. It's the power of one. And much like that in modern history, we see that simply through one man, he was responsible. Through the power of one, he was responsible for over six millions, six million Jews dying in the Holocaust. Through the power of one, we've seen one man build a huge vessel that would float on the water. And he would get animals, two of every kind. And as a result, the power of one man would save humanity because of the rebellion and the wickedness that would come or that had come into the earth. In more modern times, we've seen that one man believed that the world was round rather than to subscribe as everybody else thinking that it was flat. It changed the world. One man would look at Pharaoh in the face and tell him, let God's people go. Well, on the other hand, in more modern history, we would see the power of one that would institute the Emancipation Proclamation and abolish slavery forever in the United States of America. We would see that there would be one underdog young man by the name of David. That would say, is there not a cause to stand for? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the very army of the living God? And through a slingshot and a little stone, defeated the giant. There are those in modern history that would say, is there not a cause? And you may know their names as Muhammad Gandhi, Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King. The power of one has the ability to change the landscape. Are you tracking with me? All these examples have one thing in common. There's the power of one. I said there's the power of one. One can make a difference. One can save lives. One can start a movement. One can shape history. One can change eternity. Aren't you glad? I'm talking about the power of one. How many know that you make up one? And there is a God-given power to make change, to make a difference, to make an impact and a fingerprint in this world before you leave. I can remember when I was in Bible college, God said something to me that would forever Stay with me. And it's something that I purpose to continually remind myself. And it was within the last week of Bible college. As I was packing and getting ready to go home. Uh, Kelly, she was over at my apartment. We weren't married at that time. But, you know, I was, you know, wasn't going to see her. You know, she's from Oklahoma. I'm from Michigan. She still has her last year of college. And so I'm getting ready to leave. And I'm like, I'll never see you again. I'll miss you. <laughs> That's how I remembered it, baby. (laughs) 
But as I'm packing and getting things ready, I heard this knock on the door. And I went to the door and I opened it up and it was one of my friends that was in one of my guy's prayer groups. And, and he, when I opened up the door, he says, oh man, he says, I've been thinking about our last time that we prayed together. Oh, how awesome God was. And he said, I was praying today. And oh, God began to talk to me about this. And, and so he kind of let himself in the door. And I'm thinking, you know, Joe, right now it's not a good time. You know, I'm hanging out with my girl. And you're just kind of cramping my style. And so he makes his way in and he sits down. And so I thought, well, I'll sit down and be gracious and just talk for a little while. And so I'm thinking, you know, I really don't want to talk God right now. Okay. I'm ready just to kind of just, you know. Spend my last fleeting moments with the girl of my dreams. And you're just really kind of in, encroaching on my space. And so he starts talking about just things that we had prayed about. And how awesome God was. And so all of a sudden as we started to converse and started to talk about God. God showed up. It's funny how you start talking about God and God shows up. And so as we started sensing the presence of God showing up right there in my living room. Then we thought, well, why don't we pray? I'm like, yeah, okay, why don't we pray? <laughs> so we started to pray. And as we began to pray, God spoke these words to my heart. He said, dare to believe. Dare to say. Dare to do and do it afraid. And those words have stuck with me. Because what God was saying, dare to believe when things seem like they're impossible. Dare to say when everything is speaking contrary to what you're believing for. Dare to step out and do when everything says you're going to fail. And he says, dare to do it afraid. He wasn't saying do it in fear. But he says, when you feel like you can't do it in your own strength, dare to do it. Even in the midst of feeling like you're insignificant. And I'll back you up. The power of one. The power of one that will say, I will trust God, I will believe God, I will dare to see you use me in a significant way. If you're not daring to believe God for the impossible, then you're sleeping through some of the most enjoyable and exciting times in the Christian life. Did you hear me? I said, if you're not daring to believe God for the impossible, you're sleeping through the best part of your Christian life. Because God wants us to live life on the edge. I didn't say live foolishly, living life on the edge with Jesus and saying, God, we're going to believe you for the impossible. If the size of your vision, the size of your dream for your life, if it doesn't intimidate you, then it just might insult God. Did you hear me? I said, if that thing that is stirring on the inside of you, if that vision, that dream, that thing that God's put in you, if it doesn't make your knees shake together, then it just might insult the bigness of God. Because God wants to use you. He wants you to be significant in this life. He doesn't want you to simply exist. He doesn't simply want you to breathe air and then die. He wants you to make a difference. Can you say amen? amen. Now, unfortunately, when we talk about these things... Sometimes people think, well, it's about being this lone ranger. It's not about being this lone ranger, stepping out and doing things all by yourself. But it's about us coming together as individuals, partnering with other individuals that makes a significant difference. If you had one times one times one times one times one, what does it equal? One. But each one is significant in and of itself. But the end of the equation is still equals 
one. And for that example, in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, obviously you won't have this, the verses up on the screen. And so if you have your Bible, you can turn there if you like. But Acts chapter 4, verse 23. There was a couple disciples that were out being the power of one. They were out purposing to be used by God. But as a result, those of the day and the religious leader says, we want you to be quiet and don't preach in this one that we call that or that you call Jesus anymore. And they put him in prison. But eventually they let him go. And then the Bible says that once they were let go, they went back to their own company. Or we could say it this way. They went to their own church where people were doing life together. Are you here? And as they came together, being together in one accord, this is what the Bible says. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice in one accord. And then it goes on to say that they had one heart, one mind, and one voice. They came together collectively as singles individually. But the Bible says they made one voice. They had one mind. They had one heart. And then the Bible says as they came together and lifted their singular voice as individuals. The Bible says that God moved in such a way that it shook the foundations of the building. Come on. What do you think that would do in modern day? Well, we're here serving God and all of a sudden, because there's such a heart of unity to see God move in this place, that this building begins to shake and the neighbors begin to hear it. And we leave this place being transformed next Sunday. Do you think it'd be full? Oh, yeah. People would want to come and see that God that moves that way. Amen. Show me that God that's real. Show me that God that's tangible. They came back and lifted their voice. If you remember, the Bible also says in that particular verse, they, they, their prayer was, God, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hands to do signs, wonders, and miracles so that, God, you would be glorified and that people would come to know you. In the early 1900s, there was a man, there was a minister by the name of John G. Lakes, the power of one. He had a ministry over in Spokane, Washington, and his ministry was specifically in praying for those that were sick. And he had such a track record of people being healed within his ministry that as a result of just a short period of time in Spokane, Washington, I can't remember what year it was, but again, it was in the early 1900s, that he was, or or excuse me, that Spokane, Washington was declared the healthiest city in the nation and they attributed it to his ministry because he was praying for sick people. Talking about the power of one. Amen. Amen. What kind of difference can you make in somebody's life? In Genesis chapter 11. In Genesis chapter 11. The Bible speaks of the power of unity. And if you remember this particular passage of scripture. It talks about those that were building a tower. And they wanted to build a tower to heaven. Because they said we want to exalt ourselves to the heavens. They exalted themselves and wanted to be known around the world. And here's what God said in Genesis chapter 11, verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Verse 6, it says, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. Everybody say one. 
The people are one and they all have one language. And this is what is uh, what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. God said that they were so unified that anything that they purposed to do, they could not be withheld or withstood. And this is where God came in and scattered people throughout the world and confused their languages. That's where all the dialects first came from. Why? Because people were one or in one accord. And God says they're getting too strong. They're being too rebellious. And as a result, I have to intervene. It shows you the power of one. You have significance in and above yourself. But if we partner together, we're stronger. Amen. When we come together and unify our faith, it's the stuff that triggers ordinary level-headed people like you and me to live with unusual boldness. I'm telling you, when you're standing by my side, we can do anything. With you by my side, I've got confidence. Why? Because we're doing life together. Amen? If you want, you can turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 10. And just a heads up, uh, normally there's a clock on the back that lets me know when I need to wrap things up. We don't have anybody working back there today, guys. So I don't know when we're going to get done, all right? (laughs) No, just joking. As I began to prepare for this message for today, there was a particular verse that kept rolling around in my heart. And if you remember, there was one by the name of Moses that God said, I want you to go set my people free. Once again, the power of one. But he came to the end of his season And he passed the baton. The mantle left from Moses. And it went to Joshua. And God says it's your turn to now take and possess the promises that I've made my people. And so Joshua, he rose up and he says, all right, I'm up for the task. I'll step into that place of the power of one. And we'll make a difference in leading your people to the promises. And as a result of going to that place of the promises of God, the Bible says that they were faced with opposition. How many of you know that when you take your place and, you, and purpose to do something significant, you're going to face opposition? Yeah. Well, so obviously they did as well. And so there was many kings that would come together and they came to plot attack against Joshua and the people of God. But in Joshua chapter 10, verse 12, it says this. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the people had revenge upon their enemies. And the Bible says this. The Bible says that no day or nothing or nothing like this had ever happened in days before or days after that God listened and heeded to the voice of man like this. What did he say? He said, God, we've got a battle. We've got to conquer. It's not time to lay down. It's not time to take a break. You gave us the promises. And so, God, we need to continue to fight this fight until we win the victory. And so he stood and he said, sun stand still, moon stand still until we have run our race and finished the fight. Here's the significant thing about that. Is oftentimes we read those stories in the Bible like they're fairy tales. 
like Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack threw out some magical beans out the window and a beanstalk grew up into the clouds and he climbed and there was just this magical place up there. That's how we oftentimes read these verses. History proves out that account. If you was to track back the history of, I don't know if you'd call it astrology or meteor, well, I guess meteorology is weather, so yeah, never mind. I didn't study that part out before to give you an answer. But if you was to study that out and go back, history notes that day where the calendar got messed up because one guy said, son, stand still. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the power of one. The audacity of one man. And I say the audacity. But it's audacious faith that will stand up and say, God, we're not done. You've made us a promise. And therefore, in the face of God, to begin to believe our God for impossible things. Are you here this morning? I'm talking about the power of one. If we had the audacity to ask, God has the ability to perform. If there's a problem that is too big... It's just the right size for our God. When we're talking about the power of one. What's the point that I'm trying to make? Is that as we celebrate this no serve Sunday. And as we start moving forward into this Easter season. It really proves the point of how significant one person is. And the impact that it makes in somebody else's life. It's just like dominoes. One single domino that will stand erect all by itself. When it falls, it has a fall. But if you'll take the power of one domino and pair it together with another domino and another domino. And to where they're series and lined up together. All it takes is the first domino to make the move. And the power of the one sets into motion a chain reaction of the power of one, the power of one, the power of one to begin to create movement. You're significant. And God cannot do in this community what he desires to do without you. He needs each and every one of us. Can you say amen? Amen. Easter's approaching. So we need you. And once again... Easter represents the power of the domino. One person, one man changed it all. But I could even say it this way. In fact, even the illustration proves the point of the domino effect. The Bible tells us that God is one, correct? But how many of you know that within God, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? And we say, how is that? They're all individual, but they're one. I don't know how it all works, but it's just God. They're all individual, individually one themselves, but yet they're all one together. And so so through the Easter story, we see the power of one God, the father saying, I love you and I'm going to send my son. As the son came, we see the power of one that says, I'll be the sacrifice for you. And he gave his life so that you and I could be free from sin. And then we see the power of one God, the Holy Spirit. 
that raised him from the dead on the third day and gave us the freedom of eternal life. And God says, I've empowered you with the message of my love. Now go help people find me. We said this last week. You doing okay? We said this last week as we were talking about drawing closer with God. And one particular individual, he came to Jesus and he said, this life can be real hard. And I see all the rules and all the laws. In fact, there was 440 laws. And he says, it's, it's hard. Have you ever felt like being a Christian was hard? Sometimes it's challenging. And so he asked Jesus, he says, what's the one most important law? Because if you just give me the one that's most important, I can do that. And Jesus said this. This is the power of one. This is the most important one or commandment. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He said, this is the most important If we would accept the power of that one law or principle, trying to please God would not be about trying to do the Bible, but loving God would make it easy. And it wouldn't be be an issue of trying to please God. It would just simply, God, I love you and I want to. But the power of one in the domino effect leads to the second. When Jesus said, this is the first, this is the power of the one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like unto it. So one leads to the second. And he said this, love people. Love people. You cannot have a relationship with God and love him without his heart getting all over you. And as a result, the power of his love is going to be transferred to you and you'll be the significant powered one to love other people. How many of you know it's challenging to love people? Come on. Husbands and wives, look right at me. (laughs) All right. But when it comes to serving God and loving God, why do we purpose to do this? Why do we exist as a church? We exist as Genesee Valley Church To love God, to love people, and love life. We're a faith people. We're a people that will purpose to trust God. And we are people that will believe God for the impossible. I talked about that audacious faith. Audacious faith will mark our lives by the miraculous. It will empower us to achieve the impossible. And it will put us in the middle of a move of God. An extraordinary move of, God, move of God begins with an ordinary act by ordinary people. And an ordinary act of obedience. Jesus acted in obedience and says, Father, not my will, but yours. And it changed history. Jesus said this, and I'll conclude with this verse. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, this is the whole reason that I came. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has empowered me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus said, that's the power of one. If he's in your heart, if you've asked Christ into your heart, that's what you have the ability to pass on. And Jesus said this, he said, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm not willing to go another year of the same old, same old. Are you hearing me? I've made a choice and made a decision that I'm cashing in all my chips. I'm all in. I'm tired of living life with a reserve. I'm tired of living life with a safety net. I want to be all in serving God. Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. To set at liberty those that are oppressed. Folks, look at me please. If I can have everybody's attention. As a pastor, I get the ability to do life with people. On a consistent basis. And I can tell you as a pastor. People come to church. And put a smile on their face. And if you never take the time to get to know them. Then you'll think everything's good. But I'm telling you. You're sitting next to people right now. That possibly marriages are falling apart. You're possibly sitting next to people right now. That might seem like they got it all together. But they're so in debt that they're about ready to lose everything. But they're smiling for the sake of breaking down and crying. There's people that you're sitting to right ne- next to right now. That are possibly so depressed. That the thought of suicide is a constant theme in their head. But we have the power to be that one in somebody's life. I don't want us to take life for granted. I don't want us to take doing life together for granted. And there are people that are coming to GVC in these next two weeks. And once they come and experience the love of God, they're going to continue to come and be a part of GVC. Because their life is messy. Their life is broken. Their heart is hurting. Their mind is messed up. Their family's destroyed. And they need people to say, I will be that one for you. And I will love you and help you and do life with you. We're significant in and of ourselves. But when we come and partner together... We can make a major difference. God needs us. I need you as a pastor. And that person sitting next to you that has the biggest smile on their face, they need you. You know, I was just made aware of just some statistics within Genesee County. That concerning child abuse and sexual abuse within Genesee County, it is rampant. 
And that the system does not have enough people to help them. So they, they pick the worst cases and they try to do what they can. But the ones that they can't, they say, just go back home. We can't help you. Those little kids go back into the same hell. And not having any answer. I'm not okay with that. God's not okay with that. If they can't do something, who's going to do it? God needs people to stand up and say, I'll be one to make a difference in the life of one. Church, we exist for a reason. Amen. Can we stand? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I hope you heard my heart this morning. More importantly, I pray that you heard the heart of God speaking to you today. That's saying you are significant. You are important. You have something in you that has the ability to turn this world upside down. There's the power of one on the inside of you. And if you're hearing the heart of God pulling on your heart, he's asking the question, what can you do to make a difference? What can you do to serve people? My challenge to you as a pastor is, are you content living life the same way that you've always been living it? Day after day, living in the rut, or do you want to step out and be a person that makes a difference and an imprint in this world? Let's partner together. Let's make a difference. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every individual in this place. I pray that, God, we heard you pulling on our hearts. God, God, whether it's getting connected with our church, being a part of some aspect of ministry, whether it's loving on kids that are hurting and being in children's ministry or other areas of ministry, or whether it's whatever, getting involved in some way to make a difference and, and, and make God's love known. God, use us. Wake us up. Stir us out of our complacency. God, We're here for a purpose. So God, thank you that this year we will be a people that say we're all in. We're cashing in. No reserve, no return, and no regrets in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life